What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Finn Sports Football Podcast. I am your host, Anthony John Deletti Jr. If this is your first time here on the podcast, thanks for coming. Appreciate it. If it's not your first time, as always, really appreciate you guys tuning in. And just a fair warning, guys, this podcast is probably going to be the most loaded podcast that I've ever made. Okay. It is, we are covering a crap ton today. I mean, we're, we're talking about Deshaun Watson rumors. I'm going to tell you guys again, my side of what I know, uh, we're going to go over 53 man roster projections. So much has happened there. Um, we have a, like a lot to talk about today. Okay. Um, and I kind of want to talk about some news regarding the Patriots that we'll get into. Um, let's get into the Deshaun Watson stuff because I'm really tired of it and I care about it the least because again, of people I've talked to and what I know about it, but it gets so much buzz in Dolphins Twitter and it, it, it it's really upsetting to me because people just are, are starting to believe anything that comes out about it. Okay. So I talked on the podcast a couple of days ago about how the rumors that came out about the Dolphins being interested in Deshaun Watson, they were true. I said this a while ago, and I'm not the only one. Reason has said it publicly. People that are very tied in with the Dolphins, the Dolphins were going to trade for Watson. The rumors came out, and Stephen Ross said, no, you're not doing that. You're not trading for a guy with allegations. Okay. Recently, there the talks have started to ramp up a little more because the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson's agent are desperate because the Texans, if he stays on the roster, which he is right now, and it's past four o'clock Eastern time, they have to pay him $10 million. They don't want to do that. And his agent obviously wants Deshaun to play football. That's his job. Get me to play football. So they are putting out all of this info, trying to make it seem like there's this huge market for Deshaun when there's really not. The Dolphins, yes, they probably are talking to the Texans. And the Dolphins went to the Texans and said, here's our offer. Every single other team has bailed out on you. This is what we'll give you for Deshaun. We'll give you so-and-so picks, but we want pick protection on them. If Deshaun Watson's not able to play for us the whole season, or if he is able to not play for literally he can't play at all one season, we're not giving you a first round pick. It'll turn into a third. And the Texans are like, screw you, screw that. We're not doing that. And so the Dolphins are saying, screw you. We got Tua. We're confident in Tua. You're the one wanting to trade your quarterback. We're fine. So that's the situation the way it is now, okay? I talked about that on the podcast. I've brought it up millions of times. The Dolphins are interested in Watson. Watson only wants to come to the Dolphins. People think I'm I'm a hater of Tua. I'm not. Like, I love Tua. I literally like Tua so much, I bought two items of his clothing that he's worn that aren't even Dolphins clothing. Literally, I went out and bought an $80 Adidas sweatshirt because I like Tua that much and I think he's cool, Okay. I'm just reporting news that I've heard because that's my job. I think it would be extremely stupid for the Dolphins to trade for Deshaun Watson. Because guess what? If you want Deshaun that badly, whether I agree with it or not, you can get him at the end of this year. Deshaun wants to come to Miami. So just wait it out. If Tua goes out there and balls out, keep him. If he goes out there and balls out and you still don't want him, trade for Deshaun next March when there's more certainty about what's going on with his legal situation. That's my stance on it, okay? So I woke up today 
and a report comes out from Mike Florio, who's the biggest clown out there aside from maybe Colin Coward and Skip. The only reason you don't talk about him is because Chris Sims, because he doesn't like Tua, God forbid, right? Because he doesn't like Tua, everyone hates Chris Sims. Look, let me address this real quick. I like Chris Sims a lot, to be honest with you. Because at the end of the day, the reality of life is you're not right 100% of the time. And there have been times where Chris Sims is not right. And you want to know what he does? He corrects himself. If someone looks good, he gives them credit that they look good. And so if you're not going to be right 100% of the times, I would much rather have a Chris Sims who quote-unquote backpedals rather than a Colin Coward or Skip Bayless that just hate on Tua no matter what. Okay, yeah, so what? Chris Sims didn't like Tua. Okay, and Tua I still think is going to go out and ball out. But yet, as Dolphins Twitter, we constantly hate on Chris Sims and we ignore the fact that Mike Florio actually hates Tua. Chris Sims doesn't hate Tua. He evaluates Tua. Mike Florio literally has something against the Dolphins and, and, and Tua. And ever since the Dolphins drafted Tua, he has been on the bo- on the train of making this dude destroying him, making him feel little, trying to put any reports out there to belittle him or the organization, and he's been getting a pass by y'all. And then finally today, he comes out with this BS article, which I'm going to crap on it right now, okay? Because let me talk about this. And I've said this many times, and if you don't want to believe me because I'm a small Dolphins podcaster, that's fine. Listen to people like uh, Reason or Professor Klump that have way more inside insight on the dolphin situation. Stephen Ross, I can promise you, I I would bet you every amount of money that I have ever saved in my life. Stephen Ross is the last person on the Deshaun Watson train. I can just tell you that right now. Okay. Stephen Ross does not quote unquote, really want Deshaun Watson. At least no more than any other owner does that doesn't have a top five quarterback. Stephen Ross, yeah, before the allegations, did he really want Watson? Of course. As much as I love Tua, would I complain about having a top five quarterback? Not at all. Not even kind of. So yes, Stephen Ross is probably like the idea of having Deshaun Watson is awesome. Every owner is that way. But Stephen Ross is the only, and I say this so emphatically and strongly, Stephen Ross is the only reason Deshaun Watson is not on this team. The only reason. Because I can promise you, as much as I love Brian Flores, as much as y'all out there love Coach Flo, that he is the number one guy on the Deshaun Watson train. The number one guy. It's not Stephen Ross. It's not even really Chris Greer. Chris Greer, he's down with it because at the end of the day, the better your quarterback is, the better you look, the more job security you have. Coach Flo is the main guy in this. So let's stop looking at Stephen Ross and and putting out and and believing these BS articles that our owner really wants Deshaun Watson. Because he's the only reason right now. He literally told Brian Flores and Chris Greer, you're not doing it. I don't care what the hell you think. And that's the proper way to say it. But he said something different. I don't care what the, you know what you want to do. You're not doing it. Okay, people got all up in my ass because I supported Trump. And if you think that I'm going to trade for someone with legal allegations, you're busted and and you're out of here. So again, stop believing everything you read. 
All of this information is coming from his agent, Deshaun Watson's agent, and the Texans because they are trying to make it seem like there's a bigger market for Deshaun Watson than there really is. No team in the NFL wants Watson right now, except the Dolphins. And the only reason the Dolphins are interested is because they haven't backed out. It's not because they're like fighting right now to make a trade. They're just the only team left in the ring. Okay, and Charlie Robinson, who's the guy who originally started all this drama, even said that. It's not that the Dolphins are like talking trade right now. It's that they're the only team left. Okay, and to think that like Stephen Ross is like the guy forcing this, he's not. He's actually the opposite. He's the only guy trying to stop it. Okay, Tua Tungavailoa, and I've said this many times because this is what I was told from people like Reason and Professor Klump who have publicly talked about this. Stephen Ross was, he's the only reason Tua is on this team. Stephen Ross in 2018 wanted Lamar Jackson. And you want to know what the head coach and GM Mike Tannenbaum at the time said? Nope, not doing it. And now Lamar Jackson's a top 10 quarterback and Stephen Ross said, you know what? Y'all can make any decision you want. You're picking Tua, though. And Brian Flores, who wanted Justin Herbert, knew that going into the job, but he never was sold on Tua. He was 100% a Herbert guy, but he understood, we're going to draft Tua, so I'm going to try to develop him and build around him. He understands that. But to think that Stephen Ross is trying to move off of the guy that he wanted in the draft, especially to get a guy with legal allegations, completely wrong. And I get so passionate about this because I'm tired of everyone on Twitter just believing anything they read. Okay, Mike Florio is an absolute idiot for coming out with this article because there's not even anything remotely true about it. There's not even anything remotely true. Stephen Ross in no way, again, when he didn't have allegations, was Stephen Ross probably like, yeah, I really would want Deshaun Watson. Of course, if, if you're an owner and you're in your 80s, and you haven't won a playoff game since you ran the team and bought the team, yeah, I'll, I'll take a top five quarterback to increase my chances right now of winning a Super Bowl. But that's every owner. And the only reason the Dolphins are not, or the only reason the Dolphins don't have Deshaun Watson is because Stephen Ross said, nope, you're not doing that. I refuse. You are not trading for a guy with legal allegations after all the heat that I had to go through with supporting Trump and being friends with Trump. No shot in hell. Okay. So that, again, that is, that is what I know about the situation. Okay. So it, take with that what you want and whatever articles come out, understand that these agents, they're, they're constantly trying to leak stuff. And not even leak stuff. They're constantly trying to put stuff out there to make it seem like there's a bigger market for their client than there is. Because if Deshaun Watson's agent comes out there and says, hey, the, the, the Dolphins owner really wants Deshaun Watson. Put that out there. Then it seems like the Dolphins, oh my God, their, their owner wants Deshaun Watson. They're definitely going to take him. Now, not, e not even kind of. And for those of you that believe that, please don't. Please don't spread that, that Stephen Ross wants Deshaun Watson. He signed off on it before the legal allegations. And then after that, nope, no shot. If you want to pin a guy that's pushing, still trying to keep an eye on Deshaun Watson, it's your head coach who from the very beginning has, has not been 
sold on Tua. They're confident in Tua now. Brian Flores understands that Tua has gotten better. They want, There's not one person in that building that doesn't believe Tua is much better than he was last year. But Brian Flores is the main guy trying to force this uh, trade with the, with, with the Texans, trying to get Deshaun Watson on the team. However, even though he's trying to force that, he still wants pick protection as well as Chris Greer. He's like, if I'm going to make this trade, you're going to give me pick protection. The Texans don't want to do that. He's not on the team right now. Okay. But again, to believe this article that came out by Mike Florio of all people, who's literally like the, the most, I don't even know. He's like a little fly. He's just an annoying fly. That's always involved, always around. He just like, if you ever listen to him talk, it's just annoying. And that's 100% what this article is. No substance. And the dolphins on top of that came out and talked about it. Okay. Notice how they didn't talk about it when it was just the Dolphins are interested in Watson because that's true. But they came out and said, yeah, Stephen Ross is like Brian Flores is probably sitting there like y'all believe Stephen Ross is the guy behind this. No, it's me. And Stephen Ross, I guarantee y'all again, because what did I tell you? What did I just tell you? Stephen Ross does not want to be linked to this because of the Trump thing. So as soon as it came out, he's interested. He probably said, y'all better shut that down right now because I'm not interested in him. It's you. Okay. You want to, you want to make sleep. You want to make this bed. You're going to sleep in it. So that's why it came out that the dolphins reported, Hey, this is not true. It's in inaccurate because it is. Okay. And I feel very passionately about it because it's pissing me off that every time I go on Twitter, there's a new article that's come out that people are overreacting to that's been public information for like months or it's just completely false. So feel however you want about the situation. You don't have to agree with it. I don't either. But again, the Dolphins are interested in Watson. They're not going to trade for him. And out of all the people in the organization, the, the one that is least, the, the person who wants him the least is the owner, Stephen Ross, especially with the allegations. If it weren't for the allegations, of course he would want him. He's a top five quarterback. Okay. So with that out of the way, and I apologize for getting so passionate about that, but I am passionate about it. it. It pisses me off when I see people out there in the media, like like Mike Florio, making hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, just putting out completely BS stuff. Okay, it, it, it does make me annoyed. And it makes me annoyed as someone who cares about y'all, the fans, that you're having to go panic and go through all this turmoil in your head. Because you're hearing BS stuff from Mike Florio and you feel like your team is now spiraling down into the abyss. It's not, okay? This team is the most in sync that they've ever been. The only thing that they're not in sync about is, I, I don't even know. I'm trying to think. The Chris Greer and Brian Flores are linked at the hip. Steven Ross lets them do whatever the hell they want. The only decisions he's ever made is he said, you're going to draft Tua. As long as you know that taking the job, which Chris Greer knew that taking the job and Brian Flores knew that taking the job, they're 100% on the same page. Okay. And with the Deshaun Watson thing, again, there's no dysfunction there. They all wanted him. The allegations came out and now Brian Flores still wants him. And Chris Greer's kind of like in between like, yeah, I'll do it. But at the same time, I want my pick protection. And that's that. It's not that hard. Ooh. Okay. Relax, Anthony. 
Um, let's get into the 53-man cut uh, or roster production because there are a couple of cuts in here that I am really shocked about, to be honest with you. Um, there's a couple of re or there's one restructure that we'll talk about for sure. So let's get into it. Um, 53-man roster, as I said, right now as recording this, it's 3.35 Central Time, so it's 4.30 Eastern Time. So the deadline's already there. The Dolphins are at their 53-man roster cut. So let me go over the players that have been cut, and I'm going to go from Barry Jackson. Uh, I'm going to go like all the way back to yesterday, if I can, uh, and talk about like all the people that the Dolphins have cut. So let's start off with... Um, Trying to see if the first guy... Okay, so first guy we're going to talk about. Nate Holly and Tino Ellens. Ellis, both cut by the Dolphins. Jordan Scarlett, running back, cut by the Dolphins. Wide receiver Khalil McLean, cut. Tyson Render, cut. Um, Carl Tucker, cut. Uh, Matt Skura, which was not a shocker, but like... I really thought he would be the starting center. He never got starting reps all of camp. It's been Michael Dieter from the beginning. I heard that he still had snap issues, which I talked about. I said, as long as he fixes snap issues, he's good. But if he doesn't, he's out. And he's out because he he couldn't fix the, fix the snapping issues. Um, the biggest one by far, Benardrick McKinney. Cut. When I saw that, I was shocked. Jaw dropped on the floor. Um, what I heard... And it's, it's not real. Again, I, I try to talk to people, but it's not me having inside sources. It's me talking with people again, who do, um, apparently Landon Roberts looked really good and Bernardrick McKinney. The reason they restructured his contract a couple months ago is because they wanted protection. If Landon Roberts didn't look good, they had him for cheap. If he did look good, they could cut him and they only paid him 750,000. Okay, so a bunch of people were like overreacting to the Matt Skura, uh, Benardrick McKinney cut. Y'all, we gave up a sixth round pick and $1.75 million. That's it. Okay, it's not like we cut Xavier Howard. Some of y'all, you you would have thought we cut the best player on the team. Matt Skura never was a starter. Benardrick McKinney, when he was on the field, didn't really make much of an impact. Let's just keep it real. As excited as I was for him, and I really thought he would be better, when he was on the field, he he made no impact. Okay, he's slow, not good in pass coverage, and they're looking at Landon Roberts saying, okay, we'll just get that from him. We don't need you. We'd rather have an extra roster spot for a wide receiver or an offensive lineman and just keep a Landon Roberts. So that's what I was told. A Landon Roberts is going to fill in that role for Benardrick McKinney. Um, let's keep it going. So those were the cuts yesterday. So let's talk about the cuts today because there were a lot of cuts that just happened, literally right before I started recording this. Um, Let's start off with Kai Loxley. The wide receiver was cut. Um, Trill Williams made the team, which thank God, because I really think he has potential to be a starter in the NFL. Um, He's played better than Noah and he was undrafted, right? We got him off of uh, a cut. He was cut by the Saints and we took him. Uh, but yeah, should have been third, fourth rounder. He's been impressive. He's going to remain on the team. Um, let's see. Uh, trying to go through, um, Chris, uh, Myrick. He's the guy who made that. I think he was number 85 that made that hail Mary catch in the preseason game. He got cut. Reed Senate 
got cut, but he'll be moved to the practice squad, I can imagine. Javaris Davis, cornerback cut. Jakeem Grant restructured his contract. So Jakeem Grant now is on a one-year deal. He can make up to $3 million, and his final two years of the deal were cut. So, a.k.a. Jakeem Grant next year will not be on the team. Um, but Jakeem Grant is still on the team, which I kind of expected because um, I just, with with what happened with Jalen Waddell during the preseason game number two, I think they were like, yeah, let's just keep Jakeem Grant as insurance. Uh, so they lowered his, I think they lowered it by 750000 his contract. I think it's by more. Um, actually, real quick, let me let me look this up. Uh, I'm going to look up Jakeem Grant's new contract. I haven't actually looked at it 100%. Um, it says, Miami Dolphins and wide receiver Jakeem Grant agree to a restructured contract. The new deal is worth up to $3 million um, for the next season. And he was on pace, I think, to make... Uh, Let's see. He was he was on pace to make I think four million or something like that. So they lessened the amount of money they would pay him, and he will only be on the team one more year. He'll be up for a contract next year. I don't think they're going to give it to him. Uh, so that was big news, but it wasn't a cut. But that's probably the biggest news out of all of these. Uh, we waived Jonathan Ledbetter, Cravon LeBlanc, Jason Strobridge. Uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, Derval something Neto, he won't make the team. Uh, Cameron Tom, the center, won't make the team. And Malcolm Perry, Malcolm Perry will not make the team. I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Robert Jones, who I told y'all in my 53-man projection, I projected him to make the team. Um, let's see, uh, who, where is it? Oh, okay. There's more cuts. I, I missed it. So more cuts have come out, but Robert Jones, who was a undrafted rookie guard, I told you all the dolphins guaranteed him 130,000. That's a lot for an undrafted player. He made the team. Um, more cuts came out just now. Uh, we released Malcolm Perry. I told you all that, Oh, the dolphins cut Kirk Merritt. I, that was, that, that was a, a cut I knew about. That's just BS y'all. Like Preston Williams, I don't understand how he's still on the team. I don't. He must be like the best wide receiver ever that they've ever seen because no other player that is a backup, because he's going to be a backup this year, no other player I know could miss half the games in two seasons in a row and still be on a team. So he must be like the greatest wide receiver they've ever seen because if it were me, I would have kept Kirk Merritt. I would have. I would have let go of Preston Williams. Because I liked what I... Kirk Merritt, to me, had the same preseason that Williams had back in 2019. Same type of energy. So I would have rather kept the younger guy and the cheaper guy in Kirk Merritt. But that's just me. Somehow Preston Williams is still on this team. Let's keep going. These I haven't seen yet. Dolphins cut Calvin Munson. Um, That's no surprise. Uh, let's see. Fins have seven Ross, uh, seven wide receivers. Uh, Fuller doesn't count because of the suspension. So right now the wide receivers on the team, which we all expected, Parker, um, Fuller, Waddle, Wilson, Hollins, Williams, 
and Grant. Those are the seven wide receivers on the team. Actually, no, there's one more. And Hollins. I think I said that. Let's go over it again. Hold on. DVP and Preston Williams and Hollins. Uh, Fuller, Wilson, um, Jakeem Grant, Jalen Waddell, and I'm, I don't even know who. Oh, okay. So there's set, six wide receivers, seven if you count Fuller. Okay. Sorry, that was kind of confusing. Dolphins cut Shaquem Griffin. What? Yo, I didn't see that one coming. Damn. I did not see them cut. Sorry, I'm just reading about this. Uh, I'm, re- I'm just reading this now. Um, the Dolphins cut... Wow. Yeah, Dolphins cut Shaquem Griffin. I don't know why. Um, I really thought he'd make the team, but they cut him. Okay. Uh, okay, see, th- this is what pisses me off. Yo, how is Clayton Fedulum on the roster, but Shaquem Griffin and Preston Williams, or Shaquem Griffin and Kirk Merritt are not? I'm going to type that right now on my Twitter, y'all. Like, how is he still on the roster, yet Merritt and... Griffin Arcut. Yeah, yeah, it's just like confusing to me. I don't get it. Clayton Fedulum is making guys, if we cut Clayton Fedulum, we'd save like two and a half million dollars. Do y'all understand that? Like I I'm I I'm just like shocked, to be honest. Now, then again, I don't care. To be honest with you, I don't care because the the main people I care about are starters. I don't really care about the backup players as much. Um, But yeah, I'm just, uh, to be honest, a guy that I really expected to be cut was Adam Shaheen too. I mean, damn, if the, if the Patriots can cut Cam Newton because he's not vaccinated, which that's 100% the reason y'all like, they could have made him a backup, right? They could have just made him a backup. They cut him because they're not dealing with COVID stuff. They're not getting fined if they miss games. So I'm, I'm kind of shocked to see Adam Shaheen is still on the team, to be honest with you. But yeah, as far as the 53-man roster, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, nothing too shocking aside from, again, like Kirk Merritt, I would have kept over Jared Dokes. Clayton Fedulum, I would have cut, and I would have kept Shaquem Griffin. Um I don't care about Benardrick McKinney or Matt Skura. Some people do. I don't at all. But again, there's just like certain people that got cut that, you know, again, like I don't run the team. Brian Flores knows more than me and I trust him. But at the same time, like there are a couple of people that made the team that I'm like, what? I, I don't understand how he made it and he didn't. Uh, but yeah, so that's that. Now let's talk about the Patriots real quick. Okay. Because... This is the last thing I wanted to talk about. We talked about the 53-man roster projection. I'll dive into that more on another episode in case there's cuts I missed. We'll we'll like re-go over that. Um, but the last thing I wanted to talk about is the Patriots. Cut Cam Newton. That was a shock to me. I was just expecting maybe Mac Jones to win the starting job over Cam Newton, if anything. But this is like... Okay, so first let's talk about Cam Newton being cut. It was 100% because he didn't get vaccinated. Like, you can't convince me any differently. Because, again, if they just wanted to name Mac Jones the starter, they could have done that. But when you're not vaccinated, 
and I'm not saying that you need to or don't need to. Okay. Like I, I feel like, like I'm vaccinated. Yes. But like, I understand it's your personal choice, whatever. I'm not getting into that. But with the rules the way they are in the NFL, like you can't have unvaccinated players. It's that simple. Like God forbid Cam Newton were to get the virus again and there would be, they would have to like quarantine the team. One guy who's unvaccinated could find the whole entire team and could have them forfeit the game. So it was kind of a shocker to me because I 100% thought they'd still keep him. But like I'm at the same time, I'm not shocked because that's how the NFL is. Like I expect players who aren't vaccinated to get cut, especially if they're not going to start. Right. That's why with Adam Shaheen, I haven't seen if he's gotten cut or not, but I don't understand why he wouldn't be cut. We have Hunter Long, Durham Smythe. We have like 20 tight ends. So if he's not going to start, which I wouldn't start him over Hunter Long or Mike Kosicki, there's no reason to have him on the team. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see if he stays on the team. Uh, but I'm trying to think of anything else there is to cover. Oh, I, continuing with the Patriots. And, and and how it relates to the Miami Dolphins. So it relates to the Miami Dolphins because we play them, right? We're, they're in our they're in our division. We're gonna play them week one. And here's the thing. And I put this on Twitter today. I'm not gonna go as far to say that the Patriots game is a lock because it's not. Okay. Patriots were saying this about Tua last year. Oh, you're gonna have to go against Bill Belichick as a rookie. You're gonna lose, and we won. Why? Because we were able to run the football and we played good defense. If there's a guy, if there's a coach that's going to be able to win against us with a rookie quarterback, it's Bill Belichick. So even though it's not a lock to win it, it's not. It's still going to be a hard game. I, I, I was going to talk about this later on next week. I was going to say, if we want to beat the Patriots, we need to be able to run the ball and stop the run. And nothing's changed there. Regardless of if Cam Newton or Mac Jones is starting, we need to be able to stop the run and run the football. Um, and, and again, that, that hasn't changed, even if Mac Jones is in there. Because if you think Bill Belichick is going to say, hey, the way that we're going to beat the Dolphins with a rookie quarterback who's never played an NFL game, we have to throw on them. No, that's not the case. They are going to run the ball as much as they can week one. And if we can't stop the run, that's going to be an issue. Okay, And so what I put on Twitter this morning is I basically said, I think the Dolphins will win week one. I thought that regardless of if Cam or Mac started, uh, has nothing to do with Mac and nothing against him. I think he's actually going to be a good quarterback. But what I was saying is, if the Dolphins can't beat the Patriots with a rookie quarterback starting week one, and without Stefan Gilmore, who is now out for the first six weeks, if we can't beat the Patriots week one, we're going to have a problem, okay? And I said that not to be pessimistic. I said that as my way of saying, I think the Dolphins are going to win. Because again, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to beat a, a quarterback playing his first game with the defense we have. And a defense in the Patriots defense where their best player is not going to be on the field. There's no reason the Dolphins shouldn't win week one. And that's what I was trying to say is I'm not going to go out there and say guaranteed win, right? Because I said that against the Broncos and we got our asses whooped. So I'm not going to say, 
we're guaranteed to win against the Patriots. I'll never say that, no matter how bad or good they are. You're never guaranteed a win or a loss against the Patriots. However, again, if the Dolphins go into week one and we lose, which I'm not saying we will or we won't. I'm not guaranteeing a win or a loss. But I'm just letting y'all know. If the Dolphins come out of week one, 0-1, I'm going to be concerned. Because we went against Justin Herbert last year, who had the best rookie season ever in the NFL in NFL history, and we won against them. Okay, if we go into Foxborough week one against a rookie who's never played in the NFL and we lose, that's a concern. They won't have Stefan Gilmore and they won't have they their quarterback will have never played in the NFL before. And the Patriots are known to historically start off slow. So just know again, I'm not guaranteeing a win. I'm trying to say that. I, if we don't win, I'll be shocked because if we don't win, that'll be concerning to me. Um, I think very highly of Bill Belichick, obviously as a Dolphin fan and getting our asses whooped by him for 20 years. I think highly of Mac Jones too. I think two is better, but Mac Jones has looked really good. No doubt about that. However, he's never played in the NFL before. And our defense is supposed to be a top 10 defense this year. I better see it out there. I don't want to be going into Monday, the day after the game, with the media saying to a loss to Mac Jones, because that's going to be the story if we lose. No, I want to go into that game and I want to win because there's no reason why you shouldn't. That's that. So there it is, guys. That's all I had to talk about, which I talked about a lot regarding Deshaun Watson, the 53-man roster, Jakeem Grant. Um, I'm trying to think if I missed anything. Um, I don't really think I missed anything. I, I, I've i talked about Deshaun Watson too much. I uh, talked about the 53-man roster cut. Again, I'll go over that again. Oh, oh my God. I didn't even talk about the preseason game. Wow. Uh, should I do another episode on that? I don't know. There's not really much to talk about the preseason game. Um, no one really, like, again, Reed Senate stood out, but... He was getting cut. The Dolphins aren't going to keep three quarterbacks. Um, So I knew he was going to get cut, but he had a hell of a performance. Good for him. Um, Trying to think who, again, really the only person that stood out to me was Kirk Merritt and he got cut. So nothing really to talk about there. Uh, It was an entertaining game for sure. The Bengals are trash. (laughs) Like that's, that's really the only thing I took away from the Bengals game. Like, yeah, we were playing third strings and it was a close game. So some people listening may say, how trash can they be? Y'all, I'm really like seriously praying for Joe Burrow because as much as we want to pin him against like Tua, it's not really him against Tua, it's the media and how much they hate one guy and like the other for no reason. I'm praying for Joe Burrow because like, yo, they suck. Okay, Jamar Chase, I really thought was really good coming out of the draft. He can't catch anything. Which makes sense because apparently he's like abusing his girlfriend or like harassing her behind the scenes. So his head's probably not straight. But yo, Joe Burrow played three snaps against the Dolphins and we we had our second string out. It wasn't even our first string. And they went three and out. Okay, it was a run. It was like a jet sweep for no gain. 
He threw a screen pass to Jamar Chase, who dropped in. It's probably the easiest catch you'll ever make because he heard Nick Needham's footsteps. Dropped it. It was a fumble because it was a backward pass. And then they ran the ball on like third and 24. Like their offense looked atrocious. And good luck to him because he's playing in a division with the best defenses in the NFL. Probably. I mean, I'm trying to think of a division that has better defenses than the Steelers, Ravens, and Browns. Maybe our division, I guess. But like point is, he's playing in one of the hardest defensive divisions in football. His offensive line sucks and his number one target looks like he can't even catch a, co- a common cold. Okay, which good for him because he might not be able to catch anything. So he might not catch COVID. That's, that's a guarantee, I guess. He's not going to catch COVID because he can't even catch a screen pass. Okay, but the, the Bengals look bad, yo. And I, I warned everyone. I warned people, I said, y'all keep talking about Joe Burrow like he's the, the promised child. He's going to go 4-13, and 5-12 and 12 at best. He's going to have a new head coach going into his third season, and his offensive line might get him injured again. Yet here we are praising him and crapping on Tua. I warned everyone, so that's the main thing I saw. I was like, yo, the Bengals are so bad. Like, their starters are so bad. There was no difference between the starters and the backups. The backups actually played better at times. Um, In fact, our third string offense, most of who is cut, like most of those players are cut, was moving the ball better than their first string offense. Our third string was moving the ball better than their first string. That was, I was like shocked. I was like, yo, if you don't see how bad the Bengals are going to be after this game, I don't know what you're watching, but... Yeah, there's not really much to talk about the preseason game. Um, Again, especially since I've already talked about the 53-man roster. Like, the only person I thought would make the team was uh, Kirk Merritt. I thought he had a hell of a preseason, hell of a training camp, and he got cut, which I don't agree with. And then Shaquem Griffin, I thought, would definitely make the team, and he got cut. So, a couple shockers there, but at the end of the day, guys, like, neither of them were going to start, so I don't care that that much. Anyway, that's it for today's podcast. Sorry, I kind of rambled on. I was all over the place. Again, I I wanted to talk about a lot today. uh, And hopefully this was educational or you gained something from it. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see based off y'all's reactions. As always, like and follow and subscribe to the podcast. Be sure to share with your friends. And make sure to tune in next time to the Finn Sports Football Podcast. Finn's up. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins.